Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. So glad you joined us here tonight on the show. This is the show where conversations save lives. I'm Jeff. And tonight, this is episode 123. It's as easy as 123 is what they say. Anyway, and uh, with me, the guy that can get a deal wherever he goes, D.W., how you doing, man? I don't get deals. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. No, I don't. You're being modest. Unless people pity me. I walk in and they look, look at me and go, this man is pitiful. We need to help him. I think you're a deal magnet. A deal <laughs> magnet? Yeah. How am I a deal magnet? I because don't. you always get these crazy deals and they just... Well, like, that's because I buy things that nobody else wants. Well, that, that could be it. <laughs> that could be partially true. You walk into a place and they go, you know, we got an abundance of these things nobody wanted. I'm go, can I have a deal? <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a deal. Yeah. It's like we got all this cheese we made and we have nothing to do with it. You know, yeah, can I get it for a deal? Sure. Then you're... Do you, do you do realize that when I was younger here, that they banned me from going to get those food deals at the places we get deals at because I would come back with these truckloads of things that nobody would eat. <laughs> like, <laughs> like spam. Like canned salmon. Like canned salmon, <laughs> spam. <laughs> I'm thinking, hey, this is a good deal. Do you know this is a youth camp and the kids don't eat like canned salmon? This is true. Just because it's a good deal doesn't mean you need it. Do you know we tried to push that salmon? I mean, it, we had salmon loaf. We had, we had, um, you know, everything that we could do salmon wise, salmon, you know, spaghetti, whatever, anything we could do to push that salmon. And, and finally, it got so bad that our, our board, which never makes policies like this, this is their policy board, said, no more salmon, man. Just stop it. <laughs> really? Yeah. So is Get that rid written, of the salmon. Is that, is that written down somewhere? No, it oh. was just for that instance because I just happened to get a good deal. That's good. Well, there's nothing wrong with a lot of cans of salmon. Well, it's healthy for you. It is, but not for an eight-year-old, I guess. I don't know about the canned kind. Yeah, I don't know what's in the can, but yeah, well, back then it probably was. Oh, it was. Salmon. This was. This is a hundred percent. You know, yeah, nowadays, the, if you buy canned salmon, you're probably getting. Well, the trouble is, and, and there is some trouble, but the, the trouble is, first of all, I didn't realize that it was pink salmon, which is different than red salmon. So you know, I'm not a kind of sewer. Kind of guy, you know a the pink salmon. Kind of a sewer. Yeah. You're a kind of a sewer. I'm, kind, I'm more of a kind of a sewer. That explains the extension the room today. That's right. So the truth is, when I was in Alaska, see what they said was, we laugh at you in the lower 48 because you eat that pink salmon stuff. Mm. Wait, so you went to Alaska to get the canned salmon? No, no, no. no I, was just in there. I was in Alaska doing something else. Oh. And and so when you were in when I was in Alaska, they said we can't believe you eat that pink stuff because that's what we feed to our dogs. Uh. We we only eat the red stuff. Oh, that's good to know. And I thought, are you kidding? I just got like truckloads of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you kept feeding it. <laughs> All right. So and then I didn't know what to do with it, but then it was too late because I think somebody got rid of it. But I could have sold his dog food then. All of this stuff just sounds super fishy to me. So, but up bump. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the tagline. For the now, how did we get there? We're supposed to be talking about something significant. We're talking about some old salmon 
cans that we had to get rid of. Yeah, well, tonight our conversation is about being on wild goose chases. And sometimes, I don't know if you guys have felt this, but sometimes life feels like a perpetual wild goose chase. Like you're chasing after something, whether it is something, you know, of prestige or it's, you know, clothing or a certain job or whatever. And so we talk about some of these things. No, stop. All right. I'm asking you this then, Jeff. All right. Have you ever been on a wild goose chase for real? I have been to the wildlife sanctuary and they have geese there. Oh, that's close. Have you ever been on a wild goose chase? As a kid, I chased geese. Did you? Yeah. You've chased wild geese. Yes. Tell us about the experience. Well, because it appears as if you can get really close to them. And then as soon as you think that you can like reach out and grab them, they run and fly away. All right. And then you just start laughing. So you've actually all the goose done goose. this wild goose chase thing? Yes. Okay. So I think your experience, and you can, you can kind of take the analogy and help us figure it out. I've never really chased wild gooses. Ever. 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 Never had a reason to? Not even as a child. Where would I find them? In Chicago. Well, in my section of Chicago, we had pigeons. <laughs> Those are like geese, I'm sure. <laughs> I never went on a wild pigeon chase. (laughs) You don't have to chase pigeons. They don't do anything. Well, I never was on one. So maybe that's why the saying doesn't go go on a wild pigeon chase or a wild turtle chase or a a wild. Speaking of wild goose chase. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, you guys did it. So if we're on a wild goose chase, you know what we're talking about. I guess what it means is that you're chasing something that you can't catch. Yeah, life itself can sometimes feel like this perpetual wild goose chase. Like you said, Jason, it's it is that where you get close to them, and sometimes you know I'll have corn, so I'll try to like bait them with corn. So I like you try to get this goose to trust you, and then you know it eats the corn, and then it still manages to get away. I have no idea how it does that, but it's just it's right there. Are there professional goose hunters that actually get them? Well, I'm sure if they're hunting, they're not actually using their hands. So they're not on a wild goose chase? They actually on a goose catch? Yeah, they're going to catch them, probably. All right. So that would be a different idea. Yeah, a little bit different. Totally. Yeah. We're, we're talking about the chase. Yeah, life seems like that sometimes, where you are just, you're right there. You you have it in your grasp, and then all of a sudden, it just disappears. Like, you have no idea where it just went to. You know what? I'm thinking you guys are wimpy. If you're chasing a goose, why didn't you catch it? I don't know. I, I still ask that to this day. I'm broken up about it. I chose not to. You know, good, because I, I'm trying to figure out if, if really life was that rough where you go out on a wild goose chase and you can't even catch the goose. Come because, on. Because you, you couldn't figure it out how to catch chase, one. I really thought you could have deceived thing, the goose. Do? What do goose like? You tried it with corn. Yeah, obviously, it didn't lure them enough. There has to be something that a goose says, I will give my life for this. And you didn't have it. Because you didn't do your homework. You didn't know what it was. Do you? I'm not on wild. I know what <laughs> pigeons like. What are pigeons like? <laughs> anything. <laughs> put, put anything out of a lot there. Delete it. The geese like to be left alone. That's what they like. <laughs> well, you're not going to catch them then. Exactly. Hey, with us tonight on the show, Jason's back. <laughs> and uh, Jason, I know we just had your favorite holiday of the year, you know, sans Christmas and Easter, of course. But Oh, that's true. St. Patty's Day. It was this past Thursday. It was a brilliant time. Brilliant time. Even though, even though I couldn't get Dave to wear a kilt, I tried. I tried my best. They don't make them in men's size. <laughs> no, really, your excuse is they don't sell them at the <laughs> Duluth Trading Company. Yeah, that too. <laughs> there you go. That's your only excuse. Yes, but it was it was good. It was his name, Patty or Pat. Patrick. Patrick. Why'd you call him Patty? Are you good friends? Yes. Wow. Yes, I went on a goose chase and met him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he chased all the snakes out of Ireland. He Did went he? On, he went a snake chase. Did he really? That's what the legend says. Wow. 
So there are no snakes no in Ireland? No snakes in Ireland. Wow. No, That's pretty cool. None whatsoever. Is that a good thing? If you don't like snakes. And Tara Kay yeah. is back on the show. Tara, I'm so glad to finally have you back. I know things have been pretty crazy for you lately. And welcome back to the show, first off. Thanks. It's good to be back. I can't, It does feel like it's been a long time. Yeah. It just, you know, Tara Kay, wonder what she's doing. What are you doing? And I'm here. I've been focusing a lot on uh, Damascus Road is the organization that uh, my friend and I run, um, helping women get out of trafficking and also raising awareness and doing prevention education. So we've been working a lot with that. We're getting ready for a conference coming up that maybe some of our listeners might want to go to. Um, you can check it out on our Facebook page on Damascus Road. It's called Sisterhood and Hope Conference. It's going to be held at Community Church in Oshkosh on April 16th from 9 to 2. And an incredible speaker from California, her name's Harmony Dust. She was involved in the pornography industry for many years. She wrote a book called Scars and Stilettos, and she's going to be talking about how God brought her out of that and her experience. And I'm going to be sharing what people can do locally. So it's going to be a really great day, especially for anybody can attend, but especially for um, mothers and daughters, too. If you want to make it a mother-daughter event, that's that would be an awesome idea. I've also been working in the schools, working with some students at Oshkosh North, and they're going to be putting on some events as part of their community project. So they have a class where they learn English and social studies and leadership through partnering not with nonprofit organizations. So they're helping me to do an awareness campaign for students like in the health classes. So they're coming up with a curriculum and the presentation and are going to be presenting it to some middle school health classes. And then they're also going to be helping us do some fundraising and awareness events in, in, upcoming in the Oshkosh area. Yeah. So if you're new to this show, Tara Kay is what I would say is a strong advocate for young women, especially those who have been trapped in a lifestyle and human trafficking. So if you want to learn more about hers, we're going to put some links in our show notes tonight. And so this conversation tonight, guys, it seems like we're off to a wild goose chase here. But the point of this conversation tonight is talk about how in our life, how we allow ourselves to be wrapped up in wild goose chases. And we do, believe it or not, we get wrapped up in wild goose chases. I know some of you are nodding your heads. You're listening to tonight and you're like, I feel like I'm in one now. I've got teenagers. I've got people going in my life that uh, are making decisions for me. And so I'm like off and I'm trying to do all these different things. And what is it really for? What's the point of it? Is it really producing any good fruit in my life? Well, we're going to talk about this tonight on HopeNet Radio. Join the tweet back with us tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB on the tweet back if you're hanging out with us on Twitter. And this conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Especially tonight, if this has been maybe a, a difficult season of your life and you're going through some stuff, and you just need to talk to somebody, open up that conversation tonight with one of our live coaches at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW, Jason, and Tara Kay with you tonight here on the show. And we're talking about this idea of being on a wild goose chase. A lot of us... At different points in our life, we feel like life is overwhelming. Um, we feel like we're chasing after things. We're doing things that when we look at the long term, we're like, what is this doing? I mean, what am I What am I really doing with myself? What am I doing with my life? And 
So in some ways, it's kind of reflecting. We've been on this series about building true community. And so we've been kind of talking about how this relates in a community setting. But tonight, I want to look at us individually. I think we're at a point in our in the year right now that we're kind of looking at life and and some of us are restless, we're ready for spring to get here, and we're ready for things to start getting nice, and begin to really do the things that you really love to do outdoors and outside, and and so some of us are kind of getting that restless spirit inside, and just kind of like, you're chasing, you're doing, and you're like, what is this really for? What is this really about? And some of the ways, guys, as we open up this conversation tonight, that we really begin to look at life, we really look at examples or people that kind of contribute to this wild goose chase, is we chase after people in media, or in the arts and entertainment, or in education. So teachers or professors, people that we highly regard or highly respect as people who are intellectuals, um, people in government. I can't tell you how many things that I see social media-wise that relate to politics right now. And so many of us put our hope and our trust and our belief in politicians and government officials. We also look to business people, businessmen, businesswomen, different brands even, you know, different stores or different product. Family, a lot of us put a lot of stock in family, whether it's our, our personal family, maybe you are a mom or a dad, an aunt, an uncle, you know, your brother or sister, um, whatever. I mean, we all have family, so that's a big influencer in our life. And then religion. We look to religion. And this being not necessarily a relationship with Jesus, but it, it's a an idea of how to live our life. So it's kind of like a personal mantra. Uh, we see different ways of living, different styles, different belief structures in today's world. And, and you just kind of, if you're a Christian, you kind of scratch your head at some of these things because you're like, really? I mean, people believe some of this stuff but we do we look to different these different things and i call them kind of the seven pillars or seven influencers in our life and dave one of the things that you brought up this week as we we're talking about the show and preparing for it is how advertisers and how marketing um today and especially my generation the millennial generation we are sold a lot of stuff i mean people market to us in just about any way, yeah, you know, whether it's on television or it's even on radio, on the internet. I mean, the internet is a, a huge advertising system today. Maybe you can kind of explain a little bit more about how this. Well, you know what? I was just interested in hearing. Um, I'm always interested in hearing how people think as as far as those who are trying to persuade us to do something. Advertising, that's what they do. I mean, if we live in a world that is really controlled by the advertising industry. When you look at the hours and hours and hours of influence that take place in the media, you realize that there are advertisements everywhere and people trying to sell something and trying to get you on their team and trying to, so we are surrounded. So it's interesting to see how they work in order to get you on their team. I mean, when you think about it, there had to be guys like Adolf Hitler. I mean, there didn't have to be, but there were guys like Adolf Hitler who basically had to convince people that killing people in gas chambers was a good idea i mean how do you do that that that's the question i have how do you get people to do things they shouldn't do there are people today that are just absolutely miserable in life because what they've done is they spent hours and hours and hours looking at absorbing media and advertisements and what the advertisers are doing is making people feel malcontented something's wrong with you you need to fix this you if if you had this if you could do this if you go to a store if you go buy try and buy a car oftentimes they'll try and get you to the next model up it doesn't matter how much money you have we'll figure out a way where you can make payments and before you know it you're saddled with with payments that you cannot afford a car that's bigger and better than you should get i mean all that kind of stuff and people are really smooth at making sure you understand Here's how you have to live. So you live way beyond what you're supposed to live. Uh, and now they're experts at getting us to be malcontents. 
and, and looking forward and thinking, okay, I don't have to live right now in, in, in the mess I'm in. I can look forward to. I mean, look at the stores. I mean, we just got through St. Pat's Day, and now, you know, Easter's prevalent, then Memorial Day will be, then Fourth of July, then Labor Day, then Halloween, then Christmas, then New Year's, then Valentine's Day, and we go back through the cycle. There's always a carrot out there saying, you know what, you may not have a good life today, but if you bought this and prepared for Easter, you'd have a better life then. And and there's always something like this carrot in front of us that we can never get. And And the advertising industry has been brilliant at trying to get us to be a bunch of malcontents and envious and thinking that there's an answer out there for us. The truth of the matter is the advertising industry will do whatever it takes in general to get us to buy the products they want us to buy. This is anti-biblical or, or against all truth. I mean, the truth is this way. We look at people around us and we think, what do we need to do to make your life the best it can be? Realizing this, as I'm looking at Jason across from me in the studio here, you know, I, I understand that Jason wants in life to be significant. I know that. I know that his wife wants to be significant, that his children will grow up wanting to be significant. I know that they will want to be significant. So there is this this hunt for significance going on. And and the interesting thing is, is that significance can't be gotten by hunting or or trying to figure out where it's at and get that's not we're not significant because we control people. We're not significant because we have money. We're not significant because we don't have to work and we have so much money we can just do what we want. We're not significant because we're stronger. We're not significant because we're male or female. We are significant because God Almighty created us in the womb and he loves us and he gave us the significance. It's a gift. And and when we can relax in the fact that God gave us this significance, he made us. T- today, there's there's children, there's people that are in wheelchairs that are just as significant as Aaron Rodgers who controls f- a football. See, it, it, what we've lost is the idea of what significance truly is. And what Satan does is he has a play day with that, trying to get us to reach out for this thing called significance. And in the process, we're destroying our very lives. Going back to the the blog that you kind of been referencing, there was a an interesting line in there, and just like you said, there there are ways that advertisers, marketers, they're trying to make people want what we don't really need. Yep. And how often today? I mean, Tara, you've done retail before, and how often does this happen from a retail sense, where people are trying to get you to buy something that you they probably don't need, but at the end of the day, you really want them to need it. That's true. I mean, it's a, my mom has worked in retail too, so we've had this conversation a lot back and forth about, you know, do we feel our goal is to try to get the most business that we can, make above and beyond our budgets because we're we're trying to be good workers because that's our job, mm-hmm. but yeah, we feel you know a little convicted because like, am I really can, trying to convince this person to buy something they don't need? So I remember my mom always said she's like, or even to sign up for credit cards because you know different companies you work for, you want people to sign up for your company card for your store card, and she said to me, she's like, I always just pray that. You know, the, the, the people that I help are really coming in and I'm helping them find what they need because some people did. I mean, she works at a, a men's store. She used to work at JCPenney. So a lot of people would come in like, you know, I need a suit for a funeral. I need a suit for a wedding or something. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she would do that. And I think that helped her a lot to still be a good at her job and do what, you know, they've asked her to do because they're, they're paying her to do that, but also 
to have integrity to about it. Yeah, it's a hard line to walk, especially today when everybody is looking for what's in our bank account. I mean, that's just the reality of this world is driven by man's system, which is in some way, it's our money. It's also our resources. It's us. And a lot of times the way this world works is they'll use people and they'll love things. And we talk about this on the show. It's more important that we love people and we use things. Not the other way around. We get this confused a lot, and that kind of happens in the midst of a, a wild goose chase of life. So we're going to continue this conversation when we come back here on the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com, and this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio and Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com. Also there are show notes for tonight's episode. We're talking about living a life and trying to get out of what sometimes becomes a wild goose chase. So, Jeff... DW with you tonight here on the show. Jason Terke in studio with us. And guys, we've been talking about this life in the midst of what appears to be Wild Goose Chase. And if you're listening tonight and you felt like your life has been one constant, just chasing after something, maybe you're chasing your dreams, maybe you're just chasing after something that's going to pay the bills. I don't know, but you're at least chasing something. And it just seems like no matter how long this goes, it just seems like it just wears you out. And life can wear you out. Honestly, there's enough stuff that happens in our life, in our day-to-day world. There's enough stuff that we buy that we thought would probably fill the need that we have. And then all of a sudden, next thing we know, it breaks down and doesn't work anymore. And, and uh, you know, great example of this, my wife and I, we purchased a home just over a year and a half ago. And just recently, we've had some stuff happen with one of our, one of our big, you know, deals in our house, our furnace. And, uh, you know, we buy this house and we're like, oh, this is a great thing. We got, you know... The, the furnace is relatively new. Everything is like in good working order. We could just move in, live in it, not feel like we have to renovate the entire thing and put all this work into it. Cause honestly, we've got two young kids. We don't really have a whole lot of time to be, you know, tearing out a room and keeping our kids out of the messy room and out of the paint and whatever drywall stuff. So it's like, we want to get into a house that we think is going to fit our needs and we, you know, within our budget and all that. And then, you know, be able to enjoy it. Well, we've been enjoying it. And stuff, just like it does in this world, stuff breaks. And you need to fix it. You need to get it replaced. Now, thankfully, we've got this really awesome thing in America called a warranty. So when things are going to go bad and they break and they need to get replaced, thankfully, there's things like that that you know can help cover some of the expense from it but still i mean the stuff in this world the things that we buy whether or not we need them you know it's kind of another question but we need a furnace and we need it to run so we have to spend the money we have to invest the money into that appliance so it continues to work cuz we're going to need it tomorrow today people were were set up for disappointment jason in your life have you ever been disappointed yeah why what causes it uh, there is a difference in my expectation and the reality. Oh, how about that? Yep. Uh, is that the same for you guys? You know, one of the things that I think, as um, Jeff was saying earlier, that we're chasing things, I think sometimes we don't even realize that we're chasing things. What do you mean? I don't know. I think when you, we probably, we have a lot of young people that listen to this show. And I, thinking back when I was younger and thinking about what I was going to do next or go to college or what, I didn't really, you know, I had 
dreams and things I wanted to do, but I didn't maybe realize I was chasing those things. And I think sometimes when you stop and think about it, you're, we can be sold even the idea of a, the American dream or what we think is a typical expectation of a young person. Oh, you grow up, you get married. I know going to a Bible college, it was really that like expectation, like, oh, you find the person you're going to marry here. And then what happens when you don't, then what? And just, I, I know I struggle with that a lot of having expectations of what my life is supposed to, should look like. And, and then when it didn't look that way, then I was kind of, I felt like, whoa, what am I even, I guess I've really been chasing something, but it didn't work out that way. And now what? And so I guess it was the same thing, that expectation. So you believed in things that couldn't deliver. Yeah. Things, I guess that other people that was the, I guess that's, that other people, I think, just said, this is how life is, or I just saw yeah. how life was for other people. So I guess I figured, well, that's the, that's what my life should be. Well, you, you believed in a Facebook moment. I mean, when people <laughs> put stuff on Facebook or take their selfies, they're, they're usually portraying this wonderful life that they have. It, yeah. It's like they all live in this wonderful life. And, and the bottom line really is, in advertisers will say, you try our product, you do this, life will be better. You know, you, you can't wait to get our new bathroom in your house, man. When you do, life is going to be really good. You're going to enjoy your coffee more and everything more just because you've got a nice bathroom to, to, to sit there and go to. And, and you know what? You, you look at this, and when you get the nice bathroom and you get the bill later, you have this disappointment. Yeah. You, because you were believing in something that couldn't deliver. And the way it was portrayed to you, the way it was portrayed to you was, was more than it could ever deliver. And you believed it. And so we have people that are battling depression are thinking about ending their lives with suicide, et cetera, because they're in this this disappointment stage because they've believed in something. They, they've believed that their loneliness can be solved by sex. They believe that money can solve their happiness problem. They have believed a host of lies, and the Bible tells us that Satan is, is the father of lies. And when you start believing lies or you position yourself to, what happens is you inevitably become disappointed you know, I, I, I love reading the Bible too. You read the Bible and God tells us, if you love me, guess what? You're going to have troubles in this world. Hmm. Well, th that's the reality of it. So when I have troubles in this world, I don't go, oh God, why didn't you tell me? So good. I did tell you. I laid it out, man. This is how it is. So I should have no trouble with the reality. Now, if I think God is a sugar daddy in the sky, I'm in trouble because he isn't a sugar daddy. I can't just go to him and say, make my life smooth and comfortable. That, that's not what Christianity is. Whoever's selling Christianity is that is lying. That's not what it is. And whoever's selling certain products on television or, or radio or by ads or, or even by omissions of stuff, it's lies. What disappointment does to people is incredible, and it's something we can avoid by finding truth. Yeah, and I think we see that everywhere. I think we're set up to fail because people are fighting to change our expectations all the time. You know, and that's where you get the sales pitches. That's where you get the, 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 the false dreams, you know, especially in America. You know, Terry, you mentioned the American dream. Like, we're, we're such a consumeristic culture where that even impacts the way that we even look at our faith because we, we expect results and we, we feel like that if we don't do anything that we still deserve them. Um, but that itself is, is a false expectation if we're not putting the effort to invest in our relationship with God and relationship with others, you know, and that's, that's at the core. And that's what we need to be honest with ourselves and realize is that in order for us to succeed and to move forward and to grow, we need to realize that some of the expectations that we set up for ourselves 
we're really setting us up for a wild goose chase. You know? There, I mean, I, honestly, if you're believing a lie anywhere, eventually you will be disappointed. And when you get disappointed, there's a way to deal with that. And, and it's not through ending your life, and it's not through alcohol. It's not through, I mean, that's not it. It's not through escapism. See, that stuff will never solve the problem. There is a way to solve problems, and God gives us that way. I would invite anyone who's struggling tonight with, with depression or, or, or thoughts of suicide or whatever, you, you need to go to HopeNet360.com and talk to a life coach and talk to him about what you're thinking because, honestly, there is truth out there. And once you live within the truth, you have the tools it takes to enjoy the life that God gave you. But truth can be ugly and messy at times. But but you have to embrace it. It isn't always delivering something that's pie in the sky and things that, that, that really can't deliver on the significance or security part. Wow, this has been packed with some really impressive nuggets. And guys, when we come back, I want to talk about in the second half of the show, I want to talk about what it means to live not with a short-term view. I think in all of this, we can probably sum it up and say that the reason, part of the reason we're living in a life that seems like we're on a perpetual wild goose chase is that we've been just content living in the short term. You know, the reality is, is we just want to get the next thing. No one's telling us long-term how this is going to affect us. They just want us to try it. They just want to try out, you know, whether it's a product, they want to try out this way of living. They want us to try out something that they think is going to make our life better. But it's only going to really make it better for a very, very short time. And long-term, what's it going to do in my life? Well, we're going to talk about this in the second half of the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this conversation tonight, go and subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Jeff, DW Jason with you tonight here on the show. Tara Kay is back on the show, and we've been having some really great dialogue, even in the breaks. I mean, this is a very complex uh, life that we lead. Uh, many of us, you know, we've been looking at things today and we're thinking, man, this whole world seems like it's just one big giant wild goose chase. And that's our conversation tonight. And you can be a part of it with us on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. How has your life been a wild goose chase lately? Have you been just kind of waking up and realizing, you know, the things you've been putting your hands to are just kind of like, hmm, I'm not really sure what I'm doing with my life. I haven't really thought of that far ahead of myself. What leads to living a life that seems like a perpetual wild goose chase. Well, one of the things we talked about tonight was that we live with a short-term mindset. We're, and, and we were talking in the break, too, Tara. I mean, one of the things you said was, as a young girl growing up, for me, it was as a young man growing up, I lived a lot of my young life, kind of the immature mindset is a temporary mindset. It's just what's happening today or tomorrow or this week. I mean, we're not thinking about even the end of the semester. I'm not even thinking about the next test yet. I'm just thinking about what I have to get done for today and what I have to do when I get home from school today or what I have to do. You know, so it's it's constantly this short-term mindset, which isn't necessarily bad. 
because there are some of us that don't even consider what I'm doing today. We're just trying to get through the day and, and survive today. And then tomorrow I'll survive tomorrow and the next day I'm sur- so I'm kind of like in this state of survival mode, but definitely not thriving, definitely not looking at life from a longer term perspective, or even considering what the longer term perspective is. And we've talked about the advertising industry and we're not saying advertising is bad. Um, we are just saying that these are some realities. We see things happening. We see media perpetually telling us things that we need, that we are convinced that we need in our life, that it's going to make our lives better, or it's going to improve the quality of life or something. For some reason, it's solving a problem in my life. And so they're telling me this is what's going to fix it. And we see this in many different ways. There are some things that actually do work, and there's some that really just don't work, you know, like the drugs, alcohol thing that we have going on. There's, you know, such a high rate that I see, you know, happening around the the state right now in Wisconsin is the issue of heroin. And so many people get wrapped up in the world's solutions of fixing a problem in our life. And Tara, I'm wondering from your perspective, you work and you've been around young women that have been in human trafficking, in the pornography industry, who many of us would question, like, how would you even get yourself wrapped up in that? I mean, what would draw a young woman to that kind of a lifestyle? Well, everything that we're talking about today really fits in with how someone is recruited because if you think about it, a pimp or a trafficker, I use those terms side by side, it's the same thing, uses, is selling something, is, uh, using and is, is finding where a person is vulnerable or where they have a need or where they want something. I mean, all of us are created to be relational and maybe what this person presents might be material. Like for somebody who is come from, comes from a poverty, impoverished background or, or home, they don't have a lot. They might be easily pulled in by, hey, well, you know, if, if you come and do this, if you go out on the street, work every night out on the street, you can make this money for us. We'll have a nice home. We'll have a nice car. Or here, you know, I'm going to buy you all this stuff. I'll buy you a Louis Vuitton bag. I'll buy you even something to eat. You know, if to somebody who doesn't have those things, that's a lot. But I think deep down inside, what it really comes down to is we're created as relational beings. And I think those things might be on the surface, but really we're all looking to be in relationship. And that's how the family was created to feed that need of relationship. And I'll, and the number one thing that a trafficker will use in finding that sense of vulnerability is someone who is lacking that. I mean, on a term that is often used in the life is that this pimp now makes, once he's recruited someone, call him daddy. And the other girls that he's recruited, they call each other wifey. And usually he can sense vulnerability or she, because sometimes it could be a, a woman too. But usually the vulnerability is that he's looking for, he or she is looking for someone who is looking for significance or is looking, they can tell they're lonely or is missing something in their life. A lot of times it's a a male figure, a father figure. So they pretend to be that. And I can be, they'll say, I can be a daddy to you. And in fact, I had a a girl that I worked with who said, you know, I know that he's got other girls that he's working and and I thought that, that I was his girlfriend and I know he's got other girlfriends, but I don't care as long as he just loves me. And so it was this false reality, or sometimes in media, um, it's very common for young people to see music videos with a pimp, and he's got girls with jewelry and, you know, all around him, and they have nice things, and many girls see that, and they think, well, I want to be part of that, so they willingly get involved in in this, and they don't see the truth of that 
they they might get beat if they don't get make enough money or it's this they um, are always doing whatever he tells them to do they don't show that in media and the same thing with pornography pornography feeds into trafficking because it creates this sense of well I'm seeing this now I want to go out and do and you know having lived in Las Vegas people told me all the time well that's where professional uh, prostitutes are those those people out there are professional so that's what they do and they have no idea that many of these girls that have been trafficked their pimps traffic them out there they take them to Las Vegas because they know they can meet the demand. There's a demand there. And Oshkosh, we're going to be having a, a former uh, person who worked in the pornography industry come and speak. I've heard a lot of stories. I was reading an article the other day online about the pornography industry and how people think that it's going to meet this need of loneliness, as Dave was talking about earlier. Of, well, I'm lonely and I'm going to turn this on. And, and it, it just feeds my need in the moment of entertainment or whatever I need in that moment or lust, whatever I need. It feeds that need. But I was reading some people were talking about the truth behind the scenes and pornography and all the different things that they had to do and manipulate their bodies or or take uh, the men had to take a pill so they could you know keep up with this demand i mean the way that their bodies had been manipulated and forever ruined and you don't see that on tv you don't see that in the pictures you don't see the truth and if we actually saw the truth what a different picture that it would create we would be disgusted. I mean, we yeah. would be absolutely, I mean, there would be zero tolerance for that it sort of thing. It wouldn't be enjoyable to, to even watch well, anymore. I mean, just physical disgust of the reality of what some people had to put their bodies through. Some people who had done it willingly, some people who had been trafficked into and forced into doing that. Well, and it, it's abuse. I mean, you any any rational human, you don't even have to be a Christian to be appalled at abuse. I mean, we see when we see injustice... There is something, and I believe it's God has wired us in a way where we will not tolerate someone abusing us unjustly or or something that devalues human life. I mean, there's something about humanity that's separate from every other created being. Now, I mean, I'm not saying don't take care of animals or pets or that sort of thing, but there's something about human life and dignity and value that has meaning. I mean, it's important to us. The thing about it is, is that... You know, as we've been talking about in meeting those immediate needs, none of those things, for example, for the people who are watching the pornography, it, it maybe they thought they had met that immediate need, but after it didn't meet that, that long-term need for intimacy, for a relationship, for that, that female or, or male who bought into the, the selling technique of the pimp or the trafficker, maybe it met that immediate need of, I need a place to stay tonight, or I, I really want a boyfriend, or this guy's telling me all the things that I've just longed to hear from a, from a male because nobody's ever told me that it was beautiful or that I was loved and here he's telling me this and yet in the long run you know they I know many girls who are like I did it for so many years and one day you know I just couldn't do it anymore and it was because that whatever that immediate thing that they were selling it didn't pan out in in the long run it it didn't fulfill that that need that they had for relationship and for and for truth that they were beautiful and loved because of who they were and not because of what this person was telling them yeah. well you know i think you can boil it down to something very simple if if somebody is in a position where they can use you and you believe it somehow that's where you're going to get into trouble because all of this has to do with manipulating people so that you can use them for your own benefit. And whether it be a salesperson or somebody selling sex or somebody selling heroin or whatever, they're not interested in your own and in, in your well-being. And that's important to recognize. God is interested in your well-being and those who love God are interested. And, and otherwise, there's a self-centered motive and you need to be able to separate the two. Otherwise, you're going to find great disappointment in this life. 
All right, check out our website, HopeNet360.com. You can chat with a live coach there. You can also check out resources related to suicide prevention in your community through QPR training. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach at HopeNet360.com. Also, jump on our tweet back. If you're listening tonight on the show, you can be a part of this conversation with us. Jump on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Guys, we've been having a great conversation. Tara, I mean, your perspective on helping young women is is so much needed today. I mean, whether it's young women, even young men, we need to help raise up this next generation to really understand not just some of these effects that we're talking about of where we spend our money or what we put you know, our stock into, what things we think are going to make our life better, but the reality is we need to raise up young men and women that understand really the difference between cause and effect and the reality of chasing after certain causes what that is going to affect our life. And if we're chasing effects like money or power or cars or whatever, I mean, the stuff we want to fill our life with, if we're chasing stuff or even relationships, those are effects of something greater. And a lot of it has to do with our character. And even beyond that, not just our character, but where we get our security, where we get our significance from. And Dave, you talk a lot about this. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. We're vulnerable people because we choose to be in many respects. We, we allow too many things into our minds that, are, and our minds are no longer guarded. The Bible talks about guarding your minds and not allowing certain things in. Uh, I would challenge you, um, take something in front of you right now. I'll, I'll do this because Jason's across from me. Uh, Jason, I want you to stare at this. What is this? It's a eagle. Right. Paperweight. It's an eagle that is carved into or put into some kind of crystal. I mean, it's just a... All right, I want you to stare at it now. So everybody that's listening, pick up something and just stare at it right now, Whatever, whatever's in front of you, a pen or cup or something. All right. Now close your eyes, Jason, and imagine this in your head. Yes. Now open your eyes and stare at it again. Now close your eyes and imagine it. All right, now open your eyes. Now try and forget it. Ah, uh, you can't. There's no way you can. <laughs> There's no way. Should have done that exercise with a peep. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, oh man, that would have been. I, I'm kind. I, I think the, I would have been able to forget yeah. that. Hopefully. So you, you know what's interesting though is that the people what we do not realize is that we do not have a delete button in our brain. You don't have one. At any time, twenty years from now, if Jason just has the right stimuli, he'll say. I remember Dave holding up that eagle in the studio, and I stared at it. I remember it. And, and his brain, for some reason, will fly to it. You know, and I'm not sure why, but it happens. So people that think, I could listen to this song that abuses women and, and talks harsh and that kind of thing. I could listen to, uh, I could watch pornography. I could watch things on movies that aren't right. I could, I could you know, whatever it is. And I'm not going to be affected by it. And I won't, you're wrong. I mean... Jason, has anyone ever come to you or, or, or any of the panel here and said, yeah, this movie is okay except for two scenes? Yeah, I've heard that a time or two. Oh, yeah. Okay, what two scenes do they remember? All of them. They remember all of them, but those two scenes in particular, they can reply to you. Yeah. Yeah, those are the two you should forget. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not going to happen. There's no delete button. Right, right. So th- there is an answer to this, but nobody wants to hear it. Mm-hmm. Don't look at it. 
Right. You know what I mean? And and what what the reason we don't want to hear it is because we would actually have to adjust our lifestyle. So Satan's having a play day with us. He's saying, you know what? I can sneak stuff into your mind. You know, pornography doesn't start uh, when young people are, are are little. It it's not like they they decide I want to be a a deviant person one day and, and get hooked on pornography. And that kind of, that's not how they start. They start curiously. I mean, no, normally they're just curious about something. And, and the curiosity turns into something else. And before you know it, they're, they're hooked on it and it starts to affect their lives. And now they can't get it out of their mind. I mean, they cannot get it out of their mind. It, it is important that we understand that the people oftentimes on, on various forms of media, I don't care what they are, what they're playing with is trying to make you feel like you're missing out, like you're insignificant. If you go into the book of Genesis and, and you look at how Satan worked with Eve, he was working on her to make her feel like she was missing out. In, in other words, he said, did God really say this to Eve? Oh, you know what? Really, you're missing out because if you don't eat of that fruit, if you don't take that, then you're going to miss the best that God has. And she bought it. Why? It was a sale on, and you know what? You're going to be less significant if you do not listen to me. If you do not. When somebody is trying to control you for their benefit, when they're trying to control you for their benefit, that's evil. Mm-hmm. And, and that's using you. When you look at it, God works the opposite. Does God want to control you? Yes, but for what reason? Hmm. For my benefit. There is nobody like God. There is no human being like God. So God is the one that's older than me, smarter than me. I can trust him. So I, I could do that. And and the reason he wants me to listen to him is because he actually knows what's best for me. And 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 it's not always the easy way. It's not always the most pleasant way. It's not always what what I consider the worldly way at all. I mean, it, it's often the other way. But but he always thinks in the terms of what's best for me, and he has the power to do that. So so how does Satan? What does Satan do? Well, he uses circumstances and people in life that make it look like they're interested in me, but they're not. They're interested in themselves. When you think about it, as I think think about my relationship with God. God does not need Dave Wager for anything. He doesn't need me to rule the universe. He doesn't need me to make it rain. He doesn't need me, he doesn't need me for anything. So when he asks me to be a part of something, it's not because he needs me for himself. It's because he wants me. And he loves me and he wants me to be a part of what he does. That's a good thing. So, so I can yield to that because of the fact that it's really, he would never do anything that wouldn't be right for me. As a dad... The thing that a lot of these girls are struggling with is that they don't have dads that that will indeed think in these terms of what's best for them as children. You know, if, if they did, a dad would be spending time with them and talking to them and playing with them and, and, and be a part of their life and, mm-hmm. and a positive part. Yeah. That has a great effect because they're thinking, these are my daughters, I want to do what's right for them. When a father abuses a child, there's probably nothing worse. Why? Because they're taking the power and authority that's been given to them and they're using it for themselves and their own little pleasure, whatever it might be, at the expense of the other person. And that is a definition of Satan that isn't a definition of God. And and so as we learn who God is and as we learn the people that actually love God, there are some people that are saying, I don't want anything to do with Christianity, whatever. I, these people call themselves Christians or whatever and they, they use me just like everybody else. You're right, they do because... There's a sinfulness in every human being, and every human being will be will be flawed with this sinful condition. But there are those who truly have come and repented, and they've begun to understand the truth, and they love God, 
And God says, there's two things. When you love me, the second thing is you love each other. And, and that means you look at each other and you work towards what's best. If, if I'm in advertising and I'm a Christian, and there should be Christians in advertising, what, what I would like to do is make sure that I use and advertise products that I actually believe can help people. And then I would talk about it in those terms. And if it really couldn't help you, I wouldn't want to sell you something. Now, now that would change the whole dynamic of things. I know a Christian, um, guy that works in a, he's a mechanic, he owns a, an auto shop, and all the young mechanics that want to be mechanics, I, I tell them to go s- study this guy. Why? Because he's a guy that loves God, he loves his family, and he actually loves the customers that come to him. He's honest, he, he makes uh, a, a decent living, but he doesn't gouge you, and, and he's honest in what he does, and you can trust him, and he always seems to be very concerned about what's best for the customer. He won't sell you a car that's not good for you. He won't sell you one that, that won't, you know, that is beyond what you should have. He doesn't talk you into going into debt. It's an amazing experience because he doesn't, you know what? He's got a lineup. I've asked him to fix my car at times and he said, sorry, I've got so many in line. I won't be able to get to it. Hmm. And I'm thinking, you don't even advertise, you don't do anything. It's just word of mouth that this guy is actually looking out for the best interest of the customer that comes there. And he's got all the business he needs. I tell young people, go out and do that. And what you will find is you'll have more business than you'll ever need. And, and continue to love God and love people and see if it doesn't work. And, and yeah, there'll be people out there cheating and lying and it looks like they're getting ahead. Don't do it. Don't do it in the long run. The smoke will clear and you'll still be there. And, and you may not be the richest person in the world, but you will be able to be significant and you will be able to enjoy this life. All right. When we come back, we're going to help you understand how to get out of this wild goose chase or at least to make the chase that you're on actually meaningful, purposeful, and significant. So join us for the rest of this conversation. So join us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Share your thoughts with us. And this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW, Jason, and Tara Kay with you here on the show tonight. And guys, we're wrapping up this conversation. I'd love to know some of your final thoughts of living living a life, you know, that tends to sometimes wrap up and find ourselves in the midst of what can be, like we discussed, a wild goose chase. And uh, what are some things, what are some ways to kind of help, I guess, battle that? If you were. So if you're talking to somebody tonight and you, you feel like, man, they're just, their life is just in kind of this fruitless chase, this fruitless pursuit. And maybe you've been there. Maybe you guys have all been there at some point in your life. What would you tell them? I would tell them to simplify their life. I mean, honestly, when it gets complicated, it's usually of Satan. It's really simple. There's a God. I'm not him. And, and there's a plan and I need to respond to it. And when I do, I'm okay. And I would say simplify your life because Satan comes and complicates it and makes you think all this other stuff you have to add to it before you're okay. And it's not true. There's very few things in life you need to be okay. And a relationship with God is at the top of the list. And if you don't have one with God, you'll never be okay, I promise you. And I would invite you to go to HopeNet360.com, talk to live coaches because that's step one. Step two is is to actually listen to God. And, and And when you do that, if you would just make those two commitments... You will find significance and security, I promise. It won't look like the world has, and, and people will try and convince you you'll never find it. But, but you can be poor, you can be sick, 
You can be somebody who, who has a disease that can never be cured, and you can be significant and secure and enjoy this life. And nobody can tell you differently because God alone gives you that. And so I, I would say make it simple, and, and, and in that process, you will defeat the complexities that Satan throws you because deception is always complex. Truth is always simple. It's realizing that Satan is always trying to get you to undermine Scripture. You know, use the illustration of, of Eve in the garden and at the core of what he was doing in, in presenting his, his appetizing deception was he got her to undermine the truth of what God said. Absolutely. And that's, that's what we need to be honest with ourselves and realize that there are situations in our life where Satan is trying to get us to undermine Scripture and the truth of Scripture to, to shoot for that instant gratification. Uh, rather than trusting in the promises of God, knowing that in the long run, he has our back. Right. And so that's, that's really what we need to focus on, you know, especially in a culture and in a, and in a society where it's so focused on me, self, and instant gratification, you know. And so as we set different expectations and every, as we set different goals, we need to be mindful of that so that we can speak truth into our own lives and, and not listen to those, you know, the pitches, you know, because I heard an example one time. It's like Satan has this huge box of lures, you know, if you're like going fishing and right. stuff, you know, and you think of fish, it's like, why do they bite this stuff? Well, it's it's exactly what they need at a moment to, to bite onto it. And that's what he does with us. He knows us probably better than we know ourselves. And we need to be honest with ourselves and say, all right, God, give me the strength to take it one day at a time and to focus on your truth. And that's, that's how we'll get through um, just the instant gratification of, of everything that is going on and look at it. That way we don't go on a thousand goose chases, but we can focus on the marathon that we're running and the goal that's at the end. And that's being reunited with Jesus someday. That's, that's the, main, the main thing. I like the, uh, your comment about a goal because when you think about being on a goose chase, I mean, I think, yeah, there's a goal to get a goose, in literally a goose chase, but sometimes we don't even know that we're chase what we're chasing, especially when we're younger, we have maybe, a, we just think, well, we're living life, I go to school because I have to, and we don't think, like, what is my goal and what it... Eventually, what do I want in the future? What what are the plans that God has for me? Am I seeking those out instead of just living life every day and just kind of going with the flow without realizing that really whether you're or not you're purposely chasing after something, you you are whether you you think you are or not. There, you're always moving forward towards something, and you want it to be something that is what God wants you to be heading moving towards. We've talked about on the show too something that I've often. I'm often guilty of is when we're on this chase, you know, you're out there you're chasing the goose, literally, you forget about everything else that's around you and you're just focused on that one thing or like even the garden, like she was just focused on that one tree. Well, you're in this beautiful garden, you have everything else around you, but I want this. And so it's, we're often not content with the things that we have. Scripture talks about being content, being thankful and grateful for what we have. And we're chasing this goose. Well, I want this goose or I want this thing. I want the next thing. I, I want this tree and we forget about all the beautiful things and being grateful for the journey that God is taking us on and the things that he's provided for us that are already around us. Yeah, I think it's really easy to, one of the reasons that even us Christians get wrapped up in the temporary things and and the stuff of this world is, let's face it, stuff in this world is attractive. You know, there are things that I would love to have that I don't have right now that I think, you know, if I just had that, it'd make my life maybe cooler or something. I, I would buy into it. It wouldn't necessarily make my life worse. I wouldn't really be sinning by having that stuff. But the reality is, is I can choose to love stuff. And it's, I do this especially when my spiritual life is kind of at the 
this weird crux where I feel like, you know, if God is putting me through something or I'm just going through some difficult times and I don't feel like God is there with me, that's one of the biggest lies that Satan can throw at you is that, you know, you're doing this faith thing and stuff just isn't working out like you thought it would. You just, you thought that, you know, God would just give you this bed of roses and, and now it's like, now what? I mean, you're dealing with the loss of a loved one. Now you're, you're going through some health issues. Now you're going through a financial crisis, whatever. And you feel like, you know, maybe God just isn't there. And we talked about the effects, trying to chase after the effects of life. And one of the effects that Satan loves to point out is the fact that we don't feel something. It means that it's not really there. And that's the biggest lie. That's a smokescreen because what he's trying to say is that, you know, look, there's there's a wedge here. You don't feel God, so he must not be real. You don't feel like he's working in your life. It must not be happening. You don't feel God. You must be disobeying him. You must be sinning. You must be this. Like, you must be doing something that takes away from God's love of you. And the reality is God can't actually love you less than he does right now. God can't even love you more because what he did and what we're going to celebrate even next weekend with Easter coming is that he gave us exactly what we needed at exactly the right time when we least deserved it. And that was him sending his son Jesus in our place to take upon the penalty of our sin, of our own misdoings, of our own rebellion, of our own uh, stuff that we can't even fix ourselves. But it, it boils down to sin, the sinful nature that we have inside of us. See, we can't have a relationship with God without actually addressing the sin in our life, the stuff that separates us from him. And so as we read his word, his love letter to us, we understand that, you know, God is a just God. He's a loving God. He's a perfect God. And he can't love us any less. But because of our actions, because of our own doings, we've allowed ourselves to buy into the lies that this world has taught us that really come from Satan. And it's getting our focus off of who God really is and what reality really is and putting it on the stuff of this world. And, you know, Satan even tried to do that with Jesus. He tried to bring him up to this mountaintop and and show him everything and all the stuff you could have and you know here you know turn this into bread and you can eat and and so satan always works on those temporary things he always works on the short-term goals he doesn't really let you think about he doesn't want you to think about the long term he doesn't want you to think about you know what if you start testing out things like alcohol or drugs or or any of these things or pornography or buying into this get rich quick scheme like he doesn't really want you to think about the long term stuff of this he really just he wants to satisfy what is right here right now your immediate desires and that's what satan always works dave you always talk about how satan works from the from the body to the mind and God always works from the mind to the body. See, God wants you to live in reality, in the way that he set things up, so that you can actually have the peace you're looking for, so you can actually have the significance that you've been searching for, and so you can actually feel like you do have purpose in your life. And if you're missing that, if you're missing any of those things, do go and chat with one of our live coaches at HopeNet360.com. This show is available for download. You can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Check out HopeNet360.com slash podcast. And for all of us here on the show, we thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye-bye. Later. Bye.